once again welcome to your moment with the voice of God. We want to take this time to thank everyone who has been diligently tuning in week after week to participate in receiving the Word of God and actively digesting it. We know that each week you have been meditating and praying on the Word that has been coming to you and we thank you for growing along with us. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, welcome to our broadcast. This is where we come to hear the voice of God and the heartbeat of God for our generation. In today, God wants to speak again to each and every one of us. And while you are here with us, our prayer is that you would hear the mind and the heart of God coming from here to wherever you are. We want to thank everybody who joined with us on Wednesday when we were in the presence of God. We had such a powerful message from our man of God. As our prophet spoke to us about having control and domination over our soul, bringing our spirit to have authority over our soul, or may I say, subjecting our soul to the authority of the spirit. Many times we are led astray by our soul, thinking God is speaking to us through our feelings, through our emotions, when truly God is trying to speak to our spirit and not our soul. Last Sunday when you were speaking to us about the Nicolaitans, you know, you were sharing how there were two churches that God referred to in the book of Revelation. One church he appreciated how they did not tolerate this, this work, that they did not tolerate the Nicolaitans teaching. But there was a second church and them God was not so appreciative. In fact, he was the total opposite. He said, this I have against you, that you tolerate the Nicolaitan teaching. You know, I'm, I was thinking about a specific phrase that you said in that message. You said, when God speaks, then comes judgment. It was such a heavy word, such a heavy word, but yet it was so precise because there are so many times that, that someone comes to us bringing what they think is protection. They're trying to bring a word into our spirits, thinking that they're going to now be the voice or, or try and help us in one way or another. And what they end up bringing us is actually the opposite of the voice of God, taking us away from where we're supposed to be planted and rooted. And that word that you spoke last Sunday, it opened up areas of protection on all of us, truly. You know, it reminds me of so many times in the past that even I've got messages from people thinking, hey, you know, you have to be careful of this. You have to be careful of that. Everyone is trying to be your own personal prophet. Everyone is trying to be the voice of God in the life. Man of God, we've come to realize that being here in the studio with you, many times we want to rush ahead and go into the next verse because we're so excited about what's coming. And every time we have that anticipation, we realize that there's still so much more in what was already being given to us. Yeah. So before we say what's coming next, <laughs> we want to ask more precisely, what is God speaking now? Interesting how your observations on how the enemy works. What is the most sad part is that when people are being used by the enemy, they don't even realize it because in the New Testament church, whenever two men of God had a division, they would part ways. 
you see how Apostle Paul says, I don't want to go to places where Peter is ministering. So it was never that they both stayed in the same location and they decided who will win, who is better. Because this person has a disagreement and the other person has a disagreement. In other words, the other person thinks that they are right and this person thinks they are right. So who wins? Who should the people follow? But you will see how the apostles, they would say, you know what? Okay, we can't work together. We will part ways. But the spirit of Nicolitin is not like that. It likes staying. In fact, there will be some people that will even leave and say, but you guys stay and fight. You need to stay and fight in the name of protecting the church. Because the enemy knows the best way to tear them apart is to tear them from within. Because when the principalities on the outside is not able to overcome a church, then the second way that the enemy attacks a church is from within. So that spirit cannot function if it leaves. Because it has to stay and now prey on the weak believers. It will locate the ones that are weak so that they can deceive them. Do you think Adam was deceived? I know we think so, but the Bible says Adam was not deceived. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, you will see how the scripture talks about Adam was not deceived. Hmm. I have it here, prophet, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, as you said, mm -hmm. and Adam was not deceived, hey. but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Adam was not. Adam was not deceived. So you're looking at a scenario where they are in the garden and they go against the Lord, but it wasn't both of them. It was just one person. So you need to ask the question, why was Eve targeted? Mm. The Bible says she was the weaker vessel. Yes. So when the serpent comes, into the garden. It will study. Okay, Adam is too strong. Don't go to Adam. Don't go ask Adam, how are you doing? Is everything well with you? No, no, no. Because he knows Adam is too smart. Adam cannot be deceived. But Eve can be deceived. So he went to the one that it knew was weaker. So you have to be very careful when somebody is approaching you. Do they approach you because they think you are strong? Or they think that you can be influenced? That itself should make you open your eyes and say, come on. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of spirit is this that is trying to deceive me? 
seeing that I have a weakness. And what is that weakness? It will bring in reminder of an offense. So, man of God, can I ask? Please. On Wednesday, you said it once again. Mm. It's amazing how precisely the Lord is leading us. Mm. That Wednesday and Sundays are on the same track. That is the two rails that the train travels on. It has to go parallel. So, you were saying that it has its roots in offense. Mm. How important is it, the, the, the word that you brought on Wednesday? Now, we're saying that the Nicolaitan spirit attacks attacks the, not, not only the weaker vessel, but the ones that have no offense, the ones that aren't stronger. How much more important is it then that we develop our soul and yeah. not just our spirit? We said that your spirit is born again, but is your soul renewed again? Yeah. yeah. Then the whole theology of Nicolaitans was based, now we, we said that last week, from the writings of the early Christian churches, mm -hmm. the, the fathers, Christian fathers, they wrote about this cult. So from those writings, we know that the way they used to deceive people was by splitting both the soul and the spirit. Mm. Okay. They would say the spirit belongs to the Lord. So you do things that pleases the Lord in your spirit. But they would say, but flesh, the flesh belongs to the devil. So you can get away with things or you can, you, you can do what you, your flesh desires. In fact, explicitly they would, they, would, they would teach that, that the flesh belongs to the devil and the spirit belongs to God. So when you talk about the soul, the flesh and the soul is more connected because that's where the emotions are, the feelings are. Our feelings are connected to our senses. Our touch brings a sense. Our eyes brings emotions. It, it is a window into our soul. The five senses, people of God. I, I feel uh, we, we, we have to get back to what I have to share today. The five senses is five windows into your soul. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch that Wednesday. We'll talk about that Wednesday. Uh, but in short, the Bible says a kingdom divided cannot stand. So that means if your soul and spirit is divided, the soul is being fed on a daily basis. And now, the spirit of Nicolaitan would bring a teaching to affirm that it is okay for the soul to do or desire what it desires in the name of grace. Any teaching that comes to you and does not have repentance involved is a teaching you need to run away from. Yeah. That is a teaching that you know is a Nicolaitan teaching because they do not teach you the fear of God. Yeah, say it's all right, God understands, just stay there. It is true, the Bible says, He sympathizes with our weaknesses. Meaning the sympathy is the fact that there is a, a weakness. But He's not sympathizing with the sin itself. Wow. He sympathizes the fact that we have a weakness 
towards a certain temptation but he doesn't sympathize with the sin he judges the sin so any teaching that comes to you that gives you permission to just be yourself is a nicolitan teaching just don't change a nicolitan teaching is something that will make you go cold in your first love to Jesus something that will make you attached to being a lukewarm christian so there will be teachings that will come to you will be introduced to you that will fight the gifts of the spirit the that will fight the prophetic grace that will fight the apostolic anointing why because those are the gifts that set you on fire for the lord those are the ministries that rekindles your love for the lord so last week we started with the name and where it started from but remember then the even though the name was used nicolitan uh, it is something that you used to understand a spirit that manifested through an individual okay just because you say a jezebelic spirit does not mean that the woman turned into a spirit a spirit that was always existent manifested through a woman and she was the role model that we used to understand that kind of a pattern in the behavior in the church so always remember when the enemy comes he always uses an individual so it 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 does not mean that the individual is necessarily bad but the spirit behind that individual is bad so you see how god deals with that god says okay i'm going to still forgive you adam but i cannot have you in my garden i have to put you outside my garden so the way god is teaching us to deal with relationships that are now deceived by the serpent you say i love you both but i love you from outside my garden because if i bring you into my garden the curse that is on you will begin to now affect the garden ouch now the garden will begin to die the streams will become to become bitter how do we know that because when the curse came on them the curse also came upon the ground at which they stood right yes cursed be the ground for your sake so he's saying that the curse is not just on you the curse is on the land that you are living on and the land will now produce what thorns thistles so if you are going to keep adam in your garden saying ah god has taught us to love everyone no problem soon you will begin to see there is thorns in your garden soon you will begin to see your peace is stolen soon you will begin to see your joy is stolen and you're thinking 
what did I do? I'm just loving them. Yet, you're saying, even God, He says, I forgive you. But there are some Adams that you should not allow in your garden. If you love your garden. If you love the work of your hands. If you don't want thorns to manifest in your garden. You have to be merciless to the things that God is merciless about. Now the way you need to deal with them. The Bible is clear. You have to mark and avoid them. That is what God did in the garden. God being God. He's saying, I cannot allow you in my garden. Now, because of you, now the garden is going to be cursed. Okay. So he said, he marked them and put them out and put an angel with flaming swords to guard the garden so that they never come back. Some people deserve your forgiveness, but they should never enter into your garden again. Wow. Oh, wow. You see, that is why Apostle Paul would teach them, mark them, and do everything to avoid them, to not fellowship with them. Because impossible otherwise for you not to stay under that grace there is a point when you allow them into your life that your spirit will become dry. Your spirit will now stop understanding the things of God. And your mind will begin to shut down. And your heart will become bitter. Protect your spirit. That spirit has eaten a lot of people. But I declare it shall not touch you in Jesus' mighty name. So, Let's see how much more we can go into the origins. Uh, Jude, the book of Jude, chapter 1. Yes. And uh, let us consider from verse 4. Jude, chapter 1, from verse 4. For there are certain men Mm. crept in unawares. So now we're going to slowly study this part. Now there has been certain men that has crept in unaware. Crept in. It's a very unique word used. Creep in. So the way they come in is they creep in. They don't come in loud. They come in very gently. So when you hear that statement, You have to think, where does that, what does it remind you? Mm. What creeps? What is it that creeps? What is it that creeps? The serpent. The serpent of the old. So one of the, the, the ways that the enemy does that is they come in unannounced, uninvited. That is why we studied that last week where the apostles had to make an announcement saying that we we did not send them to you. Yes, they were part of us. Yes, we anointed them as apostles or we anointed them as part of the seven. 
but we did not send them to you. Why? Because they have a way of going into places that they are not sent. So as a believer, you have suddenly somebody that comes to the same church that is now sending you messages mm-hmm. on Facebook, on uh, WhatsApp. I don't know what all uh, they use now. And you you start feeling, oh, this person is investing into me. This person is speaking into me. You have to pause and say, wait a minute. Are the leaders aware of this? Was this person sent to us by the leader? Is this person going and reporting back to the leader? You are responsible for that. For that diligence, you are responsible. All you need to do is just call the church office. All you need to do is ask one of your leaders saying, hey, this person has been instructing me things. Do you, this, is this part of our church, is one of our leaders, is he sent by the leaders? That itself will bring a great protection on your life. Mind you, this is how churches are divided 50, 100 times. It's a sad state. Why? Because somebody creeps in and starts teaching them, but they were not sent. And the sad part, man of God, is that once this believer leaves the church, they don't care about them. Hundreds of people, if not thousands, if not thousands, that around the world, that are lost today, because somebody got to them that didn't really care for their soul. They just cared that they they had to get them out of that garden. That garden that God placed them. That's all they cared about. That is why God hates the Nicolaitans. Mm-hmm. God will hold them accountable for every soul that is lost. That is on their hands. That is on their hands. So they creep it. Okay, go on. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation? Who were before what? Who were before of old? <laughs> Who were before of old? Before of old. Ordained? Ordained to this condemnation. Wait a minute. Before of old. But previously the sentence said what? It says the certain men crept men. in unaware. Men. Okay, so, so they are men. That's what it's saying. They are human. Men. Human beings. Yes. Okay. But then the next line says... Who were before of old. Yeah. So ancient. How does both go along? Didn't these people die or...? That's where we understand that it's a spirit that comes behind this individual. This individual doesn't even know it. In fact, if that individual is listening to me right now, they'll be fuming because they will think that I'm talking about them. Because it is a spirit of old. That is why when he talks about the serpent, it says that the old serpent is the spirit of the old, meaning it's they're tracing it back to the garden. That is why it says old. Okay, when it says the old serpent, it is tracing it back to the what it did in the garden. He's saying that spirit of the old is what is manifesting through these men. Okay, go on. 
ungodly men, hmm. turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Wait a minute. Ungodly men. And then it's talking about the grace of the Lord, turning grace of the Lord, meaning they were experiencing the grace. Okay? At one point, wow. And then they're turning it into... To ungodly men. Yes. So, so next line, I want you to see something. Go on. And denying the only Lord God hmm. and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you are part of a Nicolaitan church, they are based on Jesus. They are based on Jesus Christ. Their theology is based on the grace of the Lord, extremism. Mm. So they are a church that sounds like they believe in Jesus. But their objective is that they throw things in your walk with Christ that lowers your spiritual standards. That says, ah, the grace of God is enough. It's okay, you don't need to be this passionate, you don't need to be this zealous for God. God loves you, God understands. They give you what you like. Some people are introduced to certain idols. Some others are introduced to certain other idols. Some others are introduced to certain other cultural idols. The enemy slowly introduces them to things that causes them to go away from not loving Jesus the way they are supposed to love. When their soul is introduced to sexual immorality, what happens is the soul becomes very uh, powerful. Now they are consumed by a thought. They are consumed by a feeling. Mm. They are consumed to the point where they don't have the Lord Jesus on their thought. Mm. They don't have the Lord Jesus on their mind. Wow. Now the flesh overtakes their spirit to the point where somebody can lose their salvation. Wow. Now this is a point where many theologians will disagree with me. It's okay. You know, you believe what you believe. I believe what the Lord is teaching me through the scriptures and I'm going to show it to you. Okay. This is the, the fearful factor. Anything that goes without repentance, don't even imagine that you will still be allowed into the gates of heaven. My goodness. Grace is not a license to sin. And this is the deception where the Nicolaitans work, where they say, it's okay, God understands. No, we serve a loving God and a fearful judge. And so if God gives us chances over and over again, over and over again, He loves us, He forgives us, He forgives us sins. Why? Because He is hoping and hoping that today will be the day you will walk away from this sin. Today will be the day that you will run back to Him. Today will be the day that your eyes will be open and say, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then you will turn around and that you will go back to Him. So Noah, God is not this person sitting there and saying, hey, that's it, too late, you did something. I'm, no, 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 no. He understands our weaknesses. Yet, he's looking for repentance. He's looking for us to turn around. Church, I cannot preach this word if I cannot tell you, do not push God's patience. It is fearful to fall into the hands of God. 
God is waiting for us to turn around. But if we continue to push him, ah, we'll have to change the hard way. Ah, we'll have to change the hard way. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. Today is the day of your salvation. Today make up in your mind that you will run away from things that is taking you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, people of God, today locate the things that is bringing correction to your spirit. Locate those things that is bringing instruction to your feet. Locate that things that is causing your spirit to grow. And at all cost, guard that. Guard that location. Guard that place in your garden and refuse to allow the enemy to take you away from that place. Now, I want you to continue to see what the writer is saying. Please, if you can continue. Verse 5. Mm. I will therefore put you in remembrance, mm. though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, mm. afterward mm. destroyed them that believed not. Look at this. This is why I told you some theologians will disagree, but I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures. And this is where it says that some people after believing, mm, yes, what happened? Then they stopped believing. They stopped believing. So what does this spirit want to do? Those that are believing, they come to sow doubt. That is why the serpent of the old asked if did God really tell you this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wasn't saying God did not tell you. He's coming and sowing a doubt. Did God really tell you? Do they really love you? Do these people really care for you? So the way they come to you is by sowing doubts. They put weeds. We cannot call it seeds. Weeds. And he, they'll slowly begin to put faithlessness inside your spirit. Wow. A whole generation was lost their faith in the God who called them out. The God who had done signs and wonders in Egypt. When they came out of Egypt, they saw the goodness of the Lord. They saw the providence of God. Yet, when they were about to enter into the promised land, 10 people that brought bad report to them caused them to lose their faith. Unbelief set in. So the scripture is saying, what happens to them? I will therefore put you in remembrance, hmm. though ye knew this, how that the Lord, having saved so the people... Saying, you know this, but I want to remind you again. Some things you have to repeat it until your believer gets it. Saying, you know this, but I'm going to put you into remembrance. I'm going to remind you this. Okay, go on. Having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, mm. afterward destroyed them that believed not. Saved them and then destroyed them. And then destroyed them. That did not believe. Is that the Lord that we serve? You can be saved once. And then God can see unrepentant heart. 
the heart that is now in unbelief and god can say okay now i'm going to destroy you from not entering into that place of garden what does the serpent come to do say did god really say what is he saying he's sowing unbelief when unbelief came they lost their garden so this is what the enemy does when you begin to serve the lord you are so passionate about the lord you love jesus you are running after the lord and then comes the enemy to throw weeds the most painful part of this is that they make sure these these believers are separated from the shepherd they don't want you to go and ask and learn from the shepherd so the first thing they do is they say don't go to the shepherd is very scary he will eat you up because once they can isolate you then they can slowly take you away from that place that god had placed the sad thing is that when the serpent enters the garden god does not come running rushing to stop him when the nicolaitans came god did not go rushing there is a part where jesus looked at the disciples and says i have chosen you all i picked you up and picked you judas was hand picked by the lord yeah. but you see around chapter 13 of the book of john already satan had put into the heart an intention to betray the master so that was growing in his heart so an intention was put so he was not like born corrupted and then you will see the lord say that somebody that broke bread with me has turned his heel against me this means that god gave him an opportunity to be part of the disciples man of god i have it here in john chapter 13 it's in verse 18 as you said it says i speak not of you all i know whom i have chosen but that the scripture may be fulfilled he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me okay he that has broke bread now turns against the lord now as soon as you hear the words the scripture has said what happens many times is that people immediately think that it was already his fate to do that mm. But the verse is clear he's saying he that broke the bread what has he done says he's lifted up his heel against him yeah so it was a choice yes he chose to lift his yeah. heel that means god gave him an equal chance with the other 12 wow so when it when the scripture says that it is written what is written that they will be a guy that is not loyal wow that that is god knowing things from the beginning mm-hmm. but it does not mean that he didn't have a option to change but god knew that they would be somebody with that now you will see that same scenario even with lucifer god did not create satan god created lucifer yes the fall that came from his choice mm. the choice the greed 
is what created Satan. If that's the case, the Nicolaitans, Brother Nicole, God still anointed him, appointed him as everybody else. So God did not create the Nicolaitans. He was given an equal opportunity among the seven. Yet, that same spirit that functioned from Lucifer, the same spirit that God Eve to engage with somebody she shouldn't have engaged with, the same spirit that causes you to say, hey, I was given the same opportunity to be one among the 12 of the apostles, but he chose to go against Wow. In all of us, men of God, there is parts of that fallen DNA, that rebellious part in all of us, that if we are not careful, you can be the nest Nicolitan in your church, in your city, in your country. The devil can deceive you to, be, to use you as his favorite weapon to cause division in your church. Every one of us is susceptible mm. to it. That is part of that flesh, the DNA in the flesh. That is why your spirit has to always bring your flesh into submission. If it goes unchecked, remember last week I taught you, Judas's weakness was that he was not accountable. When the intentions was there, why didn't he come and, and fall down at the feet of his master and say, I'm having these weird thoughts. The best way to kill those thoughts was to expose it. Because the moment you bring something into the light, and this is the why Nicolaitans will warn you, don't tell the pastor. Because they want you to stay in darkness. They'll say, I'm calling you, but don't tell anybody. Because they want you to stay in darkness. Because they know if we are exposed, then we will have no power over them. So I want you to look deep into your flesh and say, what parts of me, what percentage of me has the capacity to become an instrument of Satan in my church, in my city, in my own family? What percentage of me can cause a rebellion? My dear man of God, this is not just in the church. This spirit can create a havoc in marriages. marriages. Once it enters into a spouse, it can create such spirit of division inside the marriage. And you'll be functioning. They will justify it with their own teachings their own instruction. You identify them by the level of their submission. Wow. You can notice, you can say, okay, is this individual under submission? Then you know this spirit has no power over them because this spirit loves going against authority. It's very hard to stay under submission. They will find reasons. It's as simple as, oh, the pastor has not called me. Is enough for them to create a rebellion. Why it hates submission. It's nothing to do with a call. Even if the pastor gives them 20 calls, it's only a matter of time that spirit manifests until you put it to death. Until you become the Peter that says, 
I can't hurt my master. Okay. Let's go on. Okay. In the book of Jude. And the angels which kept not their first estate, hmm. but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now this is the part where I said, let's wait till next week. And uh, we'll see if the Lord will permit us to go into this. Or how much He will let us go into it. It's interesting how the scripture starts with talking about these, these men that have crept in unnoticed. Okay. And then from there it talks about how once upon a time they were believing and then they became unbelieving and they lost their place in where God had planted them. Okay. And then he connects that into fallen angels. Yes. And where did they fall from? They fell from the authority. From the authority that okay. they released. Go on, read, read that again. And the angels which kept not their first estate, hmm. but left their own habitation. Okay, so now we're looking at the character of this demon. Okay, I don't know if you guys are ready for this ride. We're wow. just starting now. <laughs> uh, so they left the first estate. So this spirit is a spirit that is likes roaming around. Oh. It is not a spirit that is planted in a place. My goodness. Uh, you will see when Satan went to heaven and God asked him, where are you coming from? He said, by roaming to and fro. So there is a, a spirit that when that spirit starts influencing you, you don't like staying in a church. My goodness. When that spirit starts attacking you, you will use theology, theological. They, 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 the Nicolaitan spirit, mind you, he uses knowledge, information, mm. and uses that against where you're supposed to be planted. So he's going to use knowledge as the bait to uproot you from where God has planted. So in this scenario, they're saying these angels, they were in a place, but that place did not make them happy enough. Okay, so they now went to another location. Okay, read that. And the angels which kept not their first estate, mm. but left their own habitation, mm -hmm. he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Okay, so there is a judgment still waiting mm -hmm. for them. Okay, now let's go into what these angels um, are all about the fallen angels. Okay, to understand that we have to go back to the book of all beginnings. That is Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, reading from verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, 
for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Okay. This moment where the sons of Adam and the daughters of Adam are multiplying on earth. Now the sons of God, they look at the daughters of Adam and they found them beautiful. And there is a, a particular word that is used to say what they did. Then the sons of God mm. saw the daughters of men that they were fair, mm. and they took them wives of all which they chose. Okay, they took them. Took to take without asking for them. They didn't ask their hand. They took them as they chose. Mm -hmm. Read that last uh, yes. that line again. It says, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Of all which they chose. Yeah. So this is, again, now we're going into the origin, right? Yes. This spirit does not ask permission. They are allergic to asking permission. Allergic to asking permission. You will see that kind of an attitude in them. Why must I ask? Because the right way of a marriage is that the groom would prepare a gift and go and ask the hand of the daughter from the father. But these guys, they are different. That is the Nicolaitan spirit that we are talking about. They creep in. Without permission, unaware, they are not sent. They go, they take what they choose, what they like. They are the kinds of people that when they are, that spirit is introduced into a church, they will begin to do things in a church and they'll say, why should I ask for permission? Mm. Because now that spirit of rebellion, that serpent of old is manifesting. It takes humility to say, although I can take, it is right for me to take. I have the humility enough to pause and say, I need to ask. That's the right attitude of a son and a daughter. But this spirit, when it comes, they don't like asking. For them, asking is almost like they are lowered themselves. Oh, wow. Because that spirit always want to feel like they are equals to you. They don't believe in authority because they fell from authority. So they don't like giving honor where honor is due. Right. So they take, they take. as they please. And then they start reproducing. Go on. Hmm. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, hmm. for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty. Man of God, you have to understand something in this part. The sons of God, their judgment, they are already waiting for it. Okay? That is why, in this verse, you don't see God talking about their judgment. Because they already know. 
they are already judged. Their judgment is coming. But in this scenario, God is saying that now I'm putting a limitation on the humans. Wow. That means if I extend their life to beyond 120, what is going to happen? Their level, length of sin is going to be multiplied. Wow. The expanse of sin is going to be multiplied. Then the expanse of God's judgment has to be multiplied. So by limiting their lifespan, God was limiting the expanse of sin. This is unbelievable. This is incredible. <laughs> People of God, it is critical for us to understand. Our garden is our responsibility. What serpent we allow, what consequences we bear is up to us. I pray that you would grow in such spiritual maturity in this season that no deception of the enemy will take you out of where God has planted you. That when the Lord returns, that he will still find faith in you. Not just faith, but that he would find you passionate in first love for our Lord and Saviour Jesus. Because faith is easy. But what we are aiming for is the first love. To be the most passionate Jesus lover. When Jesus says, do you love me more than this? That's our goal. To love Jesus more than anybody else. That's a good competition for churches to have. Not who has the best lights, not who has the best cameras, not who has the best sanctuary. The competition we must have is who is the best Jesus love. <laughs> That's a safe competition to have. Yeah. Now, go on, man of God. There were giants mm. in the earth in those days. Mm. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. Mm. The same became mighty men, mighty which were of men. old. Or the Nephilims. Nephilim. These guys came and procreated with the daughters of Adam. And now they started producing after their evil kind. Mm. So what has fallen will now begin to produce a fallen race. That is the meaning of Nephilim. From the fallen. Wow. You're looking at an entire generation now that is born on earth. Giants. With great stature. Mighty men. Why? Because two groups came together and started producing after their kind. When you begin to associate with something, with somebody, never think that, that it is just an ordinary conversation. That conversation will cost you something. That phone call will cost you something. 
that message that you think is harmless is producing something in your environment there is a garden that god is placing them a serpent comes in there is a conversation and there is a fruit of that conversation that is why the bible says evil communications spoils good manners i know the the esv says bad company ruins good morals this is this is the problem i have how do you translate evil communications to bad company mm. you shouldn't break down to a human way of communication the bible is there's a reason why the bible is the holy book it does not speak our lingo leave it to be mm. yeah go ahead go ahead Prophet I have it here it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. Mm. It says be not deceived. Yeah, be not deceived mm. meaning there is a deception behind it. Yes. Okay. Evil communications mm. corrupt good manners. Evil communication mm. corrupts good manners. Good manners. Evil communication. That means a communication that is from evil. Mm. When that communication is transferred to your spirit something happens there is a corruption in your garden mm-hmm. that corruption is producing what nephilims there is a evil communication that the bible says is producing bad manners mm-hmm. meaning mannerisms are changing your character is changing mm-hmm. you're behaving in a certain mm-hmm. way so the serpent comes into the garden begins to speak now the fruit of that communication has to be seen wow when a communication coming from the evil side you mm. think that is just an ordinary greeting but it is inspired evil mm. the same thing is happening with these people they come in contact with the fallen angels and now they start producing giants the nephilims So the nephilims are not the fallen angels. Okay because many people have that confusion. The fallen angels come in contact with human kind and they produce the nephilims, the bullies, the stubborn ones. Okay? So there is a certain communication from the evil side that can be introduced into your spirit. that will now start producing nephilims in your life wow what are the nephilims the giants the giants some of you are fighting giants that you were not supposed to have fought my goodness giants that have now started popping up in your life and you're not even realizing what is the connection what door have i opened for these giants to mm. enter into my life mm-hmm. what doors have i opened that i have a giant now in my life that i cannot overcome and people do not realize that just a conversation that is inspired by darkness and introduce certain giants that you have been fighting for a long time and cannot overcome because now they are the product of your spirit wow your spirit that became 
in contact with the darkness mm-hmm. will now begin to allow certain fruits to manifest in your life certain giants to manifest in your life and we are wondering at all time why is this happening to me why is it because you are not able to trace this all the way to a conversation something that opened up giants to manifest in your life these giants that can destroy you a whole generation had to perish because there was a giant of unbelief that they could not overcome a giant of doubt a giant of sickness a giant of disease my goodness my goodness robroco protect your spirit this is not a joke this is this is i pray your eyes will be opened right now in the name of jesus that you would not take it lightly i don't want to introduce giants that my children have to fight after my time i don't want to introduce giants i want to be protected in the garden of the lord giants now when you open the door for the enemy you also open the door for your flesh itself to produce a giant so the giant is a result of your flesh coming in contact with something else okay that is why there is a very unique word that is used in that verse uh i know the esv says unnatural desire but let's see what kjv says okay go on jude chapter 1 verse 7 mm. even as sodom and gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner mm. giving themselves over to fornication mm. and going after strange flesh strange flesh mm. okay what many people say as unnatural desires the the bible is calling it as strange flesh strange where there is a uh, immorality and how the bible sees it as was it them going after a strange flesh so it wasn't fun no the bible translated as going after a strange flesh what does that mean that means my spirit has a dna now i'm going after something that does not look like me come on these fallen angels looked in a certain way mm. the daughters of adam were different so they went after strange flesh meaning they don't have the same dna mm-hmm. my flesh and their flesh was different they came together and they gave birth to nephilim no god are we together yes we are uh, i i don't know are we i hope the people of god are with me i hope i hope i hope i hope so is that practical for us i'll close so is that practical how is it practical for us 
when a child of God is growing spiritually, you are growing in stature. You are growing in understanding. Your spirit is growing. Now, when you stop that and go after the things of the flesh, now you are out of sync. You are going after strange flesh. Why? Because your spirit make is changing. You are going from glory to glory. Information is coming to you. Revelation is coming to you. Substance is coming to you. You are being, you going, you, week after week, you are being glorified. Now, for that individual to go after something that is not glorified, something that is merry flesh, that is a strange flesh, there is no synchronization. Mm. You are eating that which you are not supposed to eat. Yeah. It is not just about fun and games that, that people reduce immorality to. It is losing sync with who you are in the realms of the spirit. Wow. <laughs> we have to go back to, to Genesis to understand it. Because what God is speaking about is two different dimensions coming together which was unequally being yoked. Oh! Now humans, us, when your spirit is growing, your spirit is being upgraded and then you hit a pause and be distracted by merry flesh. Mm -hmm. What happens to us then? We are looking at the same deception where now we are going after strange flesh, strange things. So the ESV says unnatural desire. Mm -hmm. Meaning is saying that it's not natural for you to have that desire. But I like the weight in the King James Version. Is it calls it as a strange flesh that you're after. Do you know how much your spirit is grown? Do you know the weight of your spirit? Do you know from where to where God has brought you? Do you know that you're going from glory to glory? Yet, here you are, desiring the things beneath you. That is, going after the strange flesh. Now, we have to understand what happens to that group, the Nephilims. What happens to the fallen angels? The Bible says they are condemned forever. And God had to wipe away the entire human race. In Genesis chapter 6, He wipes away the entire race. That should not be our destiny. I know this is a fearful teaching. I know it. But that is why this is also our protection. That God should not look at us and say, you're going after strange things. You are going after things that is dividing your spirit. Now, I have to do what you have to do. People of God, Nicholas chose what he wanted. Judas chose what he wanted. Eve went after such a deception. But you and I, Today, can we tell the Lord, God, 
protect our spirits protect our soul protect our body that we may be a living sacrifice to the lord a living sacrifice that we can protect our spirits and and appreciate boundaries appreciate yes the word is appreciate to to look at the boundary and say this is my protection the world is always trying to question the limits of their boundaries in fact most of them that you see in a prison are those that tested the limits of their boundaries mm wow that's so good in a way or two they push to see what can i get away with and they are now prisoned they have no more promotion they have no more movements they are now pulled back into a prison that will not be your story i want you to guard your spirits today mm-hmm. let the fear of god come to you with this word it's a good word it's a good word don't let this word discourage you this word is bringing information into your spirit in a high dimension that you will not be deceived by the enemy the word is a protection people of god the word is what keeps us from the deceiver if eve could have been deceived and adam was deceived yes by eve when when satan targeted eve his reason he targeted eve because adam has heard from god so i can't go to adam adam has had a connection with god in a way that eve did not have so he said let's not go to adam first let me go to eve he went to eve who was taken from within him so voice of satan entered eve he was already in adam okay i should stop no 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 because in my head i'm like wait a minute god took eve from adam but now eve is in adam mm. so satan speaks to eve eve is in adam so he knows not to go to adam directly so he goes to eve then eve is able to speak and convince adam much easily because she already was inside she knows how to go inside him she knows how to get into him wow be careful people of god be careful the enemy knows which friend to bring to you in order to get to you satan went to eve because she was on the inside <laughs> satan studies you better than you study yourself Satan has been following you for a long time saying studying your weaknesses and he knows how to target you so that you can go away from the loving Jesus but today the enemy is exposed in Jesus mighty name today the work of the enemy is exposed in the mighty name of Jesus you shall not be deceived you shall guard your spirit your spirit shall not be reduced to go after the strange things 
you are protected in the mighty name of Jesus. I wish the church can shout a loud amen right now. Yes, this word is coming in a, in a perfect time. This word, may the Lord protect you. May the Lord protect us, you and I, from every creeping lies of the enemy. May the Lord protect your house, your family, your garden, your blessings, your children and your children's children to come from every spirit of negligence that all the way came from that fallen angel. There's so much more men of God, but I think we are full for today. Please, God bless you. Thank you once again, Prophet, for carrying us deeper than we ever expected to go. We anticipate more after diligently digesting this. People of God, we are very blessed today. Mm -hmm. I want to leave you in the words of our prophet who has spoken to us many times before saying, cage your flesh, set boundaries, and limit your flesh from going outside those boundaries. So that way we don't end up where we are not supposed to be. As a man of God said, this week, this week, every spirit that is fighting us must lose its hold. This week, you are protected by this word. Until next time, God bless you.